Greetings and welcome to Terrible Reviews, a movie podcast where the where the movies don't have to be terrible, but the reviews will be. I am Seth Hancock, and with me is my co-host Michael Bragg. Michael, how excited are you for today's movie? Why, why the fuck are we doing this movie, dude? Like, why are we spending our time reviewing this? Never mind. Well, you'll get my opinions on this movie later. What's up, everybody? Hey, and that's right. Today's movie is Multiplicity. July 17th, 1996 was when the movie was released, directed by Harold Ramis, director of such potential terrible review movies like Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Groundhog's Day, Bedazzled, Year One. Uh, This one had four listed writers, uh, one of which was Babalu Mandel. Bragg, uh, you don't need to one of the things I may uh, may be a guiding influence for you in future podcasts is whenever you see uh, three or four writers, you might want to be a little nervous uh, for those. Uh, but one of those writers was Babalu Mendel. Uh, he's one of the obscure writers, big in the 80s and 90s. Um, he has some really great movies like City Slickers. He also has some really terrible movies uh, like City Slickers 2. Uh, but they're all super enjoyable, and I am predicting his name will pop up again in future episodes, as he has worked with Billy Crystal and about all his movies in the '90s and uh, several Robin Williams movies. Which, uh, yeah, have to harshly be reminded that apparently not every Robin Williams movie was a hit. What was this dude's name? Bubalu Mandu. <laughs> Babalu Mandel. Babalu Mandel. Gotcha. Yeah, Howie's brother. <laughs> I've. Sure, yeah, it's it's on the record now. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the casting couch. Uh, the top billed actor, Michael Keaton, plays Doug Kinney. Michael Keaton might resurface later in, uh, I, would, I would guess, Beetlejuice and maybe the, the Tim Burton's Batman movies. Um, so he may come back too at some point, but uh, I'd bet my money on Babalu Mandel first. Uh, also joining the cast, familiar faces, we had Andy McDowell as Laura Kinney, Doug's wife. Uh, might remember her from Groundhog's Day. Um, so Andy McDowell, I know we talked last week about Bo Derek being a blind spot. Andy McDowell is a blind spot for me as well. And honestly, until probably yesterday, I never knew if she was Southern or if she was a British woman doing a terrible Southern accent. Um, and part of me honestly was relieved when I uh, when I found out she was from Georgia. Well, it kind of made sense. She's actually from Gaffney, South <laughs> Carolina. She's a game cop. I've never heard of her, honestly. I, like, you know me. Like, this isn't my style of movie anyway. But I mean, it's my style of movie. But maybe not when I was ten. Right. She was in a lot more romantic comedies than she was in this and Groundhog's Day. So I think our our demographic is 10 year olds. This may not have been quite right up our alley. Um, and then you were 11. <laughs> speaking of right up my alley, um, Eugene Levy. I want to say stars. That's probably not the right, <laughs> not the right word as Vic who is uh, who my character description was the worst concrete contractor of all time. But to be fair, uh, I don't know if he was so bad at con at concrete contracting or if it was the addresses and the time issues that he really had the problems with. Yeah. Um, but Eugene, obviously from Schitt's Creek uh, and best in show and probably known as the best dad ever from, uh, from American pie and, uh, 
just watching him and Dan on Instagram. Uh, Dan Levy, his son, wonderful to watch uh, how proud he is of him. Um, and then Brian Doyle Murray as Walt, the boat captain. Uh, has anyone else ever done more thanks to half of a last name than Brian Doyle Murray? Uh, and then <laughs> Julie Bowen uh, as Robin, Walt's either assistant or lover. Um, I don't, I never, I don't think we ever got any clarity on that. But Julie, obviously from Modern Family, recently, uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, My Childhood Dreams from about age twelve to eighteen. Uh, something about that that Happy Gilmore scene. Something, something's different with her. I mean, I think what Gilmore was ninety five. Was it the same year? It would have been Wait, the same year, I believe, 96. She has the same haircut, but she was fire in this movie, bro. And I couldn't deal. I thought that she looked older in Happy Gilmore than what she does now in Modern Family. Like, she's a fine wine, a fine, fine wine, Miss Bone, Mrs. Mrs. Bone. I don't know who cares. Let's not forget about the only part of weeds that was washable after the first or second season was, uh, maybe it was the second season, but. uh, Into the cheese shop lady. God, big cheese shop fan. All right. So let's get into the terrible synopsis. Doug Kinney, a man overcome by trying to achieve the bare minimum requirements of being a husband, a father, and a project manager for a construction company turns to an experimental new procedure in an attempt to shirk every personal responsibility he has. All right, let's go ahead. And before we watch the movies, we like to look back, and we call this the foreshadow, where we go ahead and look back at kind of what our thoughts were about the movie. I'm not sure if, Michael, you had seen this one before. Um, I assume you had, based on some of the memes you've shared with me over the last few years. But at least from my memory, Again, I think I was 10 or 11 when this came out. I remember it being a solid movie, good but not great, maybe a B, B minus. And the other phrase I have written down here, which I regretted terribly, we'll get more into that, was lots of laughs throughout. Sometimes your childhood memories betray you. Uh, <laughs> Michael, did you have, <laughs> give me a little bit about your thoughts on this. So I had my pre-watch grade as a C. Reason being, I've never seen the movie before the other day. Um, my key memory, though, and I'll always go back to this, is this was the feature film when they used to do like a double feature at the at the drive-in, like back in the day. You used to have like one movie on a little bit earlier, and then the feature film would be for like at like 10 or whatever. It would be like super late. But either way, it was a feature film. At the Noblesville Drive-In, uh, Pops took us out there to see Twister, the goat, and uh, we left about 10 minutes into this movie, um, I, whether or not the brother was falling asleep or if this movie just wasn't that good back then. I, I don't know. It was only good now, but um, <clears throat> um, we left. So, yeah, that's my that's my uh, my childhood memory of the movie. All right. So just a couple of the other takeaways I had about this movie that I remembered uh, mostly contextually again from my feeble 10, 11 year old mind was that cloning was huge. Like this was the cutting edge. This was our adult lives. were going to revolve in some way around cloning. Like this was going to happen. Dolly, the sheep, 
was was real. We were going to be able to clone our pets, which I guess Barbara Streisand is doing now, but that was real. Um, the other thing I remember, the other two things I remembered were uh, Doug number four was hilarious. That was what I'm associating with that <laughs> laughs throughout. Um, apparently, we're all centered around Doug number four. And the other thing I thought was Andy McDowell was a drag. That was, she was a, just a buzzkill. That was, again, 10-year-old, 11-year-old me. was like, this woman is just a wet blanket and just oh, ruining this guy's life. kind of a drag. Yeah. I was oh. like, how did you know about drag? Like, you know. No, 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 no. 10, but you had you had a different childhood than I did anyway. You probably knew about it when you were 10. I went to some. I was I was a little more curious. <laughs> went to the brunch with your pops. Oh goodness. Uh, so yeah, so let's go ahead. We went ahead and watched this movie despite I think what both of our reservations may have been and clearly um uh, I think we both had two hours uh, of our life we could have spent in better ways. Uh, but let's go ahead and start breaking this movie down. The first segment we're going to get into is cliches. So what are the famous or well, maybe not even famous, infamous classic movie tropes that are being used here? Uh, I, I thought of two right off the bat, Michael. Uh, the first one I call the juggler. Now, this one is too much to do, not enough time in the day. It's one of those classic ones. We are both in our 30s with at least one kid and a wife. Lots of lots to do, not enough time to do it. That's everybody's problem. And I call that one the juggler. Yeah, I wrote down I, what I'm assuming is the exact same thing, just not with like a, a tagline. I put overworked and I put this next word in, in quotations. I put overworked deadbeat dad. And I wrote that Ooh. like on the first, well, I wrote it on the first scene. When he shows, like, I think it's the first scene or like the first few minutes, he shows up and he doesn't go to the recital or something, and he shows up. Was that the karate, or was that the recital or the karate? I know he misses, I think, both of them. At one maybe point. it's the, maybe it's, I don't know. Either way, he's watching it on TV at some point shortly after after the after the boy goes to bed. Remember but, home uh, movies? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I think I've got like my first birthday actually in a drawer right behind me and like one of those little tiny little baby VHS things. I don't have anything to put it into to watch it, but it's back there. Um, so like overworked again, quotations, deadbeat dad slash husband. I didn't write anything down after that, after the first five minutes of the movie, but that's about the same thing. That's what I meant. All right. All right. Uh, I definitely think it helps here in this case, because obviously we need to make sure that we understand if the cliches help or detract from the movie. Uh, obviously, I think in this one, it it definitely helps uh, sometimes more, more than others. Um, but they obviously need it to set up and drive kind of the main plot line. But they spend various parts of the first 90 minutes illustrating and then re-illustrating all these things that he's juggling. And some of the reasons I think when you start getting to Doug's number three and four become pretty superficial. I mean, Doug number four was created so they, uh, the, the other two clones could have somebody mow their lawn and clean their house. Um, so I think we're getting to pretty arbitrary and superficial reasons for needing clones at that point. Uh, the other cliche uh, that I picked up on and I think is probably the big one here is the magic pill. Now, this is the instant fix to all of life's problems. And in this case, they're using cloning, obviously, as that uh, cure-all. Uh, 
And again, this one helps because it's it's the ultimate genie in a bottle uh, that not only does it solve all of life's ails, uh, but at the same time, it shows you that simple fixes never work with quote unquote hilarious results. Um, now we can we can and we will be debating on how hilarious those results are, um, but at least that's in theory how you think that kind of cliche would uh, would help this movie, right, Michael? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I don't know what you're talking about. Why you know you talked about mowing the yard and getting the house clean. I mean, if you don't need help with that, fucking come over to my house. You can help me. Maybe you can help me why, out a little bit. I thought that's why you had two kids. It's an installment plan. You got to wait till you got it's ten more years of install. Yeah, ten more yeah. years of investment. An investment while I'm throwing money into their college fund, they can work for free. Isn't that how college works anyway with like division one athletes and stuff? Well, I mean, I think you should be out here trying to earn yourself a motherfucking scholarship. That's right. That's <laughs> well, that's a different movie. All right, man, let's get into the best five minute stretch here. Now, uh, unlike Tommy boy last week, this one, we might be able to get through a little quicker. Um, I only have a few nominees and let's get through them. The first one is I call two meets three. So he's already had the first clone. He now has the second clone. And uh, this is where they have an IU football shout out of all things in a movie. Um, I thought that we weren't going to have much crossover here between your two podcasts, Michael. But here we are, movie number two. And all of a sudden, IU football. What the hell happened? Don't say it. IU football. <laughs> IU football, baby. This is my serious voice. IU football. Yeah, man. That was back in uh, 96 when we were... Yeah. All right. So here, I did a little bit of research into this. I did. I looked at every... So a lot of times, they don't use that same year. They'll do archival footage. And I went back to like 1986 to 1995. It looked like it was IU home game on defense against Illinois. Their quarterback was number 14. I went through about 10 years of U of I football sports reference, and I could not find when they had a quarterback number 14. Um, but look at you guys, IU football. This is the year of IU football, apparently. The gravy train just keeps on going for Michael Bragg. So and this is without looking it up because I'm just a plethora of IU football knowledge. With in 1996, we played at Illinois. So that was not from the 1996 season, possibly from the 1995 season when we lost. Oh man, let me think. I think we lost 10 to 17 <clears throat> at home um, against the uh, the Fighting. Are we are we allowed to say it? We say that fighting, the fighting, the, the fighting squad from Illinois, the fighting team against the <laughs> Illinois fighting team. We lost. We as an in Indiana football, because I am a part of it. We lost 10 to 17, but we made a, uh, what was considered a blockbuster movie that lost $23 million. All right. And in that scene, obviously we have a key escalation plot there. Let's go ahead and gloss over that one though. Uh, I think the key, <laughs> the key enjoyable aspect of that is definitely the IU football scene. Uh, the next one I have dog-eared is Doug's new rules. So this is, they have three of them now. Doug catches, Doug one catches number three in bed with Laura. 
Doug number two does the fake jerk off meme, the old Michael Keaton doing the fake rub a tug. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, nobody has sex with my wife but me. Uh, for some reason, that's that's when the movie starts to get funny. I don't think there's a, a hard chuckle up until that point. Uh, but that's really where the movie, the comedy part of the movie starts to take off, if we can call it that. <laughs> the next scene is introduction to number four. Now, again, apparently when I was 10 or 11, this is what I thought the entirety of the movie was, uh, because everything I remember was summed up in about this five minutes, um, <laughs> where they say he's a little special. I have a wallet. I like pizza by Steve Good Party. These are, I think, four of the seven lines that Doug number four has in that scene, and every one of them is a home run. Uh, it's just... <laughs> it's just my favorite part and it asked me uh, michael this is the one one of the few times this movie made me think we can get into those a little bit later but uh what doug do you identify with oh i'm probably okay. doug, let, let I'm me... probably doug number two at work <laughs> and doug number probably just normal doug Doug who's looking regular, for an escape. Regular ass Doug, man. Needs an escape. <laughs> then I'm number I'm definitely Doug number two at work, man. For sure. Yeah, I thought I was Doug number four as a kid. I thought that was like the cool Doug to be. That, but I definitely feel uh feel like Doug number two or Doug number one most of the time. Leg has to go, Steve. <laughs> All right. Uh the last nominee I had, I called the rainstorm. Uh now this is the scene where all three clones have sex with Laura. Uh, <laughs> one of the questions, uh, at one point, uh, and, and I, I'm gonna ask you this question, why does the second Doug to sleep with Laura have her underwear around his neck? Is that is that something that happens that I'm just not aware of? Am I just not adventurous enough sexually? Is that, is, or is that just, is that a common thing? Uh, it's just that thing, like either in a movie or like, I don't know why I keep want, wanting to think of like friends, like friends in that. Scene <laughs> this is PG-13 and you now know they have had intercourse. Yeah. So this it's is like how hey, we're they had crazy sex. Somehow her underwear got on his neck. Like <laughs> that's the, the other thing we'll just talk about. Let's talk about this right now. The other thing in movies and definitely in TV shows for sure is like they fugs and it's like they fugs for like five seconds and then they stop and then they both roll over. Nobody gets up. And there's no, never, there's no, yeah, well, fin I'll finish it. I've gone this far. There's no cleaning. There's nothing. They just both lean over or like, there's roll never over. a random toilet flush. This was crazy. And then, like, back in the day, they used to like light up a cigarette in bed and stuff, but not anymore. But now they just like, they just like, we're having we, a we've conversation already, we've already side by side. Yeah. We've already burned the explicit tag. So it doesn't matter at this point. So it's like, they just pull out and they just roll over and there's just, <laughs> Wait, he doesn't pull out. He is not uh, pulling yeah. out. <laughs> Which one? Me? Hug number two, three, or four. Four doesn't know how. Two and three don't care. They have no responsibility. <laughs> pull the goalie. It's fine. <laughs> Never, mind. Never mind. So that's it for you? That's all you've got? That's all I've got. Um, the, <laughs> the one comment I want to get into also is when Laura says, wow, again, well, Doug, yeah. um, she was down to clown. That chick, like, again, I called her the wet blanket when I was 10 years old. 35-year-old um, me um, sees some upside. 
with Andy McDowell as Laura Kinney. Yeah. Yeah. Two kids, right? Two kids. Two kids. For a while. And kind of a, I think it's a pretty, we'll get to it. I don't want to, bring, yeah. I don't we'll want to talk more that. about it. I don't want to spoil that point yet. Um, let's go through mine real quick for somebody that had never seen the movie. Somebody that thought it was going to be a waste of my time. I actually liked the movie. I had quite a bit of a, a good five minute stretch right at the beginning when he's getting ready to do this one. This one had me rolling a little bit. Um, when he does the Jeff Goldblum fly impression right before he gets cloned. And then he, he talks about his grandpa that got the suction tube stuck, stuck in his throat. That's hilarious. That's, and then when, whenever he meets the first clone, he asks, you know, of course, what do I feed him? And I don't know. I don't know why that was funny. And then uh, when he takes over as the football coach for his kid. Okay. Yeah. Hilarious. And then the, the whole dinner scene with number number one and number two, where number two's out with a, sec, a secretary or coworker, um, and number one's out with his wife. So, and then, and then uh, number think, two is out with John Cusack's sister, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. And Cusack. That. Yes. I think it's number two is the one he likes. He like, uh, like slams his chin into the table. Like, of <laughs> course, it has never happened to me in 34 years of my life. I've never slammed a shin into a table, like stubbed a toe. Hit my you knee. never also held held your wife's hand and clotheslined somebody else because you were walking on either side of a table at, at head level. No, I don't think that's ever happened. Ever no, either. but when he does that and he starts talking about like his old Rose Bowl injury and then his life's in <laughs> shambles and he needs pie and then the bathroom scene, it's just the whole thing was a, a total shit show. Uh, and then the introduction of number four, which we'd kind of talked about. Uh, a copy of a copy, not quite as sharp. <laughs> he hits himself in the neck with the measuring tape. <laughs> like, come on, man. I have a wallet. <laughs> I like pizza. And then, Which, of uh, course, comes back to haunt him later for liking yes, pizza so much. Yeah. Again, a problem I can relate to. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's two more. I only got two more. The second, the last one you've already hit on, but I, I like the way that I worded it. Uh, number three is in the kitchen showing um, Lisa how to put away the food properly. And so you've got the whole tuck, tuck, fold. <laughs> TTF. <laughs> yeah, tuck, tuck, fold. And then air is the enemy. Like those two lines, like I, that's me. Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of number three at me in me when I'm at home too, because I'm like super particular in the kitchen. Um, and then my last one was, uh, I wrote out two, three, four, fuck Lisa, my peppy. <laughs> she touched my peppy, Steve. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you choose the winner. So I did one question on number f- on the rainstorm that I need to ask is, and as again, as we're both dads, there is no way in hell you're getting it in three times all over the house with your wife during a rainstorm with two kids in that house. That is not happening. The kids were gone, weren't they? No, because at the at the end they say like it something about don't something. wake the kids or something yeah. like that. Well, I think something. when in the shower. I think it's when he when number two is yelling up to number three. Oh, that's right. Yes. Something. Yeah. Don't wake the kids. Don't wake yeah. the kids. That's right. I'm going out to the garage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh 
I guess that's going to be my giveaway because that was my winner. The rainstorm gets it for me every time. It's a dramatic conclusion. The second act sets up the resolution in the third. And uh, my favorite part of this is that it has three clones playing musical chairs with Laura's vagina. Yeah. Did you feel bad for for OG Doug at all? I felt no, bad. We, for we can get into that later. No, I have no sympathy for Doug number one. <sighs> all right. Most I mean, memeable moment. Is that next? Yeah. So let's get let's get into the most memeable moment. So you you mentioned a bunch of them actually. I cut it down to a fairly short list because I did not want to repeat the Tommy Boy fiasco from last week. Uh, this one, uh, I have one quote uh, and then three little memeables here. Um, the first one I have. And this is one that was used in my family a lot. Hey, Kenny, I know you think you're hot shit. I'm not falling for this go-go attitude. I see through you, my friend. And that's when uh, he starts being a hot shot, Doug number two, um, <laughs> and uh, starts pissing off the other contractor that he seems to be a uh, rival of. Um, yeah. So that's, the, so that's uh, Ted uh, says that. Yeah, and then he gets the forklift to take off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little forklift uh, porta potty humor never gets old. Can't go uh, wrong there. So, quick question on that scene, because I'm thinking, because me, I've got I've got bathroom anxiety just naturally. Like whenever I go out somewhere, I don't know where I'm going. Like I've never been there before. I don't. I need to know where the bathroom's at sometimes. This is it's why we're friends. Better. It's gotten better as a uh, as I've gotten older. But either way, he's he's at work, isn't he? He's at he's at work. He's, not he's at, at a, a construction site. site. Yes, he at a, job a construction site. site. All right. I thought they were in the office. Ooh. I think they were in the office. There's definitely some kind of there's a bunch of crews around. I know oh, that. Much. I saw that in the background too, which also confused me. But I'm like, what? What? Just go inside. Be use a comfortable <laughs> bathroom. Whether you got a one or two, you might as well use your bathroom that you're. Yes always use a home or familiar familiar neutral facility yes there are two like, bathrooms like when room. iu plays at you know uh damn it, banker's life you know it's 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 neutral quote unquote but it's it's familiar and it leans heavy towards iu mm. yeah eh, eh, all right i'll work on my i'm That's terrible fine. that was an i'm terrible comparisons my wife That's hates fine. them all right. Uh, <laughs> so another one I mentioned before was Doug number two does the fake jerk off. I think this is one of those perfect memes um, that apparently I can never find, uh, but gets used and saved frequently by me so I could try to reuse it. Just Google jerking off GIF. It'll definitely pop up. Don't put anything <laughs> else in there. Just put out, but just put in jerking off GIF. GIF, GIF, GIF. Sorry, GIF. And it'll be fine. You'll be fine. Definitely don't go into incognito mode either, right? Um, I like on your pizza. Work phone too. <laughs> uh, I like pizza. Again, that's a, one of those memes that I get in trouble with because every time the wife will text me and she'll say, what's for dinner tonight? Uh, how easy is it to pull up the I like pizza gif? Uh, and I'll say it my way. I don't care. Um, and she touched my peppy, Steve. Uh, those are my four finalists. Okay. Okay. What, ones did, I, what ones did I miss? Uh, I I was dying when the the two girls were upstairs in the cottage uh, the carriage house, and uh, really we're gonna do this again. <laughs> it was a carriage house. That's what it is. They used it was to in quarters. It was an attic above the garage. <laughs> it was a hayloft. <laughs> yes, at the carriage house. So they were upstairs in the carriage house, 
and uh, Montel Jordan. This is how we do it with Boyer, and it wakes up number one either way. So they go up there, and they uh, number one is a, a total, you know, party pooper and kicks out the girls. And <laughs> number two says something along the lines of the Slurpee girls. Are, yeah, the Slurpee girls were busy. She wanted to nuke my corn dog. I thought that was uh, hilarious. Rico and uh, Lance. Lance. Oh God, Rico. Lance. Lance. Let me let me guess which one Rico or who's Rico. <laughs> and of course, number three was Rico instead of number two. Uh, I've got uh, the other one. I've got is pretty much everything that comes out of number four's mouth. So leg has to go. Steve, you already did pizza. The skis when he just building <laughs> in the middle of the thing just starts like randomly skiing. She touched my pet. He's got some skills. Yeah, he's going back and forth. And then the very end where uh, they're taking off in the Camaro and he's like, we're going to eat dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, (laughs) we're not going to eat dolphin. All right. I am going to let you pick your winner first tonight. uh, Because I'm, I think I, I don't know. I, you, you have a bigger list to choose from. So I want to see what you, what you went with. So it's most memeable moment. So most, uh, it can also be a most jiffable moment, which has got to be the jerking off motion. It's got to be. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I use that one quite a bit. So that's, and honestly, that it's so funny for not seeing the movie all the way through. I knew about the movie. I knew about Michael Keaton being in the movie. I knew who that is. So that's how I would look it up. I mean, just, you should still just look up jerking off. <laughs> yeah. But I usually, if I have to go outside of like, uh, I'm assuming, I don't even know. I hate saying Jif. Uh, Jiffy, whatever that thing is. Just let you, you do you, baby. You got this. If I have to go outside of Jiffy to find a Jif, then I'll go to Google and I put in jerking off multiplicity GIF. That usually keeps it somewhat rated R. So that's my, right that's my selection for sure i let you go first because i thought that was the answer it's my answer too and uh i am creating a very unfortunate theme two episodes in and both of my most memorable moments have been jerking off gifts so um apparently you guys are learning more about me than i was uh, intending to share but that's where we're at right now and we're just going to own that and keep pushing forward All right, so we're going to get into the next section, uh, which I call clock check. Um, Last week, it was not applicable for me and only was applicable for you because of a bathroom break. Um, But let's go ahead and see at what point, if any, uh, did you check the clock to see how much time was left in this movie? Because I didn't get to answer last week, uh, I was a little bit more anal retentive about it this week. And I had three different times. At 11.29, I asked myself, are we sure this is a comedy? Um, at 57.49, I asked, oh, dear God, how much time is left? And then at 127.05, I again said to myself, how much time is left? Because at that point, I was begging for sweet release. Yeah, it didn't hit me. In- <laughs> sweet release. Uh- <laughs> It didn't hit me until they took what I thought, me being somebody that enjoys good architecture and old houses, carriage houses as well. Um, Plantation estates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I had to check the clock when they took 
what was a beautiful house. Now, granted, it looked a little bit rundown. I've got this, some some general notes in here that um, I said at one scene that the window in the shower looks super moldy. Of course, that's something I would I would uh, point out. But um, they take that house and they turn it into a 1996 house. Beautiful house on the outside. And then now you've got FN like honey stained oak cabinets and stuff instead of the, the green glass framed. Hey, but like, they got their open floor plan. Mother F your open floor plan. What a <laughs> gorgeous house. Like in that first scene when they when he goes home and they're doing something with the kids. Oh, there's a bed in that room. There's yes. like a playroom. What why is they just lay in the bed? That's not your room. That's awesome. <laughs> I'd love to have a bed in every room. <laughs> I have a feeling I'll let you rant again about this at a later point. But yeah, uh, all right, I'll get there. <laughs> Any other times, or was that no, your just your one, only... just just hour forty eight? I okay. I I pretty much, I enjoyed this movie. I for okay. the most part. All right, let's get into the awards section now. Uh, first, we're gonna look at the MVP before we look at the LVP. So let's uh, let's go through. I have. Again, a shorter list this time of potential candidates. Um, so I'm going to run through those real quick. Uh, Michael Keaton is is obviously, I think, he's the number one seed in the East. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the West. This is a Southern California movie. Um, and they tend to have weaker, uh, the weaker portion of the brackets. The, the Pac-12 suck. It's fine. We can say it. Thanks, say thanks for saying yes, yes. Okay. Exactly. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to turn off any potential listeners. Uh, yeah, but the Pac-12 is brown water trash. Um, so Michael Keaton uh, shows lots of range. Again, I know you mentioned it off the bat. Plays four different characters. And because there is no other <laughs> real characters that drive this movie, if it's not him, it's nobody. Um, and, if, and if he doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. So I think he is your nominee favorite by default. I think he's, he's nominee and winner. So that's similar to what I put. I put Keaton, but I put but number two, three, and four. <laughs> so like number yes, one, the range. Exactly. Yeah. The range is what's the enjoyable part of the performance. Yeah. Number one, Michael Keaton, if, if there is no multiplicity, if there is nothing else to this movie, it's not, it's not a movie. It's not a good movie at all. It's terrible. I and mean, this is yeah. a great movie anyway, but it's not, a, it's not a good movie at all. But two, three, and four are beautiful. The fact that he plays three completely different personalities and number four we don't have to get super deep into but holy crap he's not playing it today I'll tell you. no and number three is just mr mom if you pay attention i'm pretty sure 99 percent of that character is just mr mom he's beautiful dude T ttf oh. <laughs> uh but i do think the eight nine out west uh that gives him a tricky second round matchup is eugene levy um as I think you said it straight off the bat was was that he's he's awesome in this movie. Um, he's about the only other thing in this movie that's, or at least the character, that's even remotely funny and provides any kind of humor. Uh, so for me, uh, <laughs> you know, aside from him being one of my favorites, uh, he shines clearly. Yeah, they tried. I think they tried to make Ted have something. Whoever plays Ted, whoever that is. Yeah. They, they had. They tried as to the make rival something as some sort of a character, but yeah, nothing. Yeah. Eugene Levy is fantastic. Uh, the, what was this dude's name? Richard, Richard Masser. Yeah. Richard Mazer. Yeah. Richard Mazer. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. 
he's in a bunch of random stuff. This is not his best work. I will defend him. He might pop up in a couple other different movies as a bit character, and I'll defend him. But in this one, there, there's there's nothing to defend. There, there's no depth to the character yeah, anyway. Not at all. But yeah, so Eugene Levy's great. You know, he's late. He's because his watch is on his watch is on New York time and they clearly live in L.A. Uh, if you notice that his truck dependable is spelled with an I at one point, I did not uh, notice depend, that. Did not dependable notice that. concrete, I think, is what it is. And then also that condo complex where he gets fired from is called Vista de Nada, which uh, I get to use my again, making fun of the educated here, uh, <laughs> my Spanish degree to let you know that that means view of nothing. So, uh, which is quite a nice name for a, or an accurate name, I should say, of a condo complex. I feel like you could literally put that in Carmel. Yo. We, live in, we live in the <laughs> suburbs of Indianapolis, for everybody that's listening. Carmel's a, an affluent suburb they of Indianapolis. <laughs> and I was going to say, you could put this in Carmel, and nobody <laughs> has any fucking idea of what that means. They would, oh, look, I live at, what, what was it? Vista... Vista de Nada. Vista de Nada. Oh, you went in Vista de Nada? That's beautiful. Oh, is that by Bar Louis? I hear that's great. <laughs> yeah. They're really building a lot in that area. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had that as kind of the eight, ninth seed. And then the uh, the two seed in the West that really might give it another run for its money. Again, we've talked about this. Uh, but I am high on Laura Kinney's sex drive. That is, uh, I think, worth mentioning. Again, I know we said she's in her, what, mid to late 30s. She's had two kids uh, doing it three times in one night, playing the, playing the, you know, uh, <laughs> the three-lane slip and slide. I think that is uh, something worth mentioning. Uh, again, but I, you know, is there anybody I'm missing? Or do you just want to turn this into a Laura Kinney podcast? No, you're not okay, missing good. anybody. I do want to hold my opinions on her um, <laughs> escapades uh, okay. for the next category. Oh, no. <laughs> but if I can put in a vote, I know I don't usually get to declare winners, uh, but if I can put in a vote after just sitting here talking about different roles, I think Eugene Levy ah! might be the winner of uh, Most Valuable uh role in this movie let me read it to you can i say eugene levy that's what yes. i wrote down yeah i said otherwise it has to be michael keaton but if i can say eugene levy i'm owning it that that's who i want to win this movie mr keaton when you listen to this this is nothing against you no no phenomenal but without him i he don't shot, think he shot 14 three-pointers on 17 attempts yeah and he had a 7-4 guy just swatting everything out of the lane it was just a bad matchup for you, Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Now to the LVP. And if I could start, if I go for it, I'm start, nervous now. This is I only have one. Okay. Now this is we're supposed to list a candidate, whatever that ruined the movie. So this is a clear. This is a clear LVP. You're saying? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's that clear or not. Okay. Clearly, right. we have differing opinions on this person. I wrote uh, Lisa Dash. She's a whore. Is what I wrote <laughs> in the LVP. I don't have anything else in there. I mean, I guess I could have put like other like literally every other character, including hey, that. Like, you even got her name wrong. Is it? She's Laura. Laura. Well, I even wrote Laura. I wrote, I swear to God, I wrote Lisa. Lisa. She's a whore. So, so Laura. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like the Steve Doug thing. So it's fine. <laughs> Good party, Steve. <laughs> 
maybe I'm more like number four. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so Laura Dash, she's a whore. That's what I wrote. Like, come on. Why? But she's she's unknowing. It's not like she's pursuing three guys in one night. She is a victim of circumstance. Mother effer, dude. And just if you, open. if you tell she's me, open, bro. If you she's tell open me to life. that I can't remember why she went downstairs. Cannot remember why she went downstairs. But if you tell me that she did not notice late night snack, that old creek, yes, that old. Oh yeah, how can she not tell? You got to be able to tell anybody come downstairs. But then all of a sudden, her husband was outside and came back inside. So I know there's only but all one wet. Staircase. He was all wet. He was supposed to be all wet. So was she. Oh. Slip and slide, bro. So go ahead and do your LVPs because mine's not going to win. <laughs> no. Okay. We both know that. I will defend you in saying that how you don't know the difference. Rico and Lance are making love in two very different ways. And if she doesn't, she can't. And so is, I don't even know what the fourth one's name is. Um, but Doug number four, they're all making love in very separate ways. I'm just, she, I'm just going to say that much. She made them love. Doug number two, two is a jackhammer. Doug number three is tender and sweet. Mm-hmm. He's taking care, cleaning up everything. And number four is just, I don't think we can legally discuss what that. Okay. So maybe the LVP that really we're talking about is um, Laura Kinney having sex with, is it even having sex at that point? Is she, okay, we're not going down this road. All right. Is there a criminal activity just, going on? I'll say that. Is, is it she criminal? touched his peppy. No. That's what he says. He didn't say that. It oh, he's. <laughs> he doesn't kiss and tell. Yeah. I mean, Doug number four, if we know anything about him, he does not kiss and tell. Mm-hmm. Touches peepee. That, that, that's as far as he's going to. Peppy. All right. I'll get through my LVPs because uh, it's, it's going to be anticlimactic now. Um, first off, I will go with length. Uh, it seemed like they had an hour-long comedy and an hour-long drama and just smashed them together and hoped it worked. Um, there is not a complete movie in here, uh, especially not a two-hour movie in here. Um, so I think that definitely was was a drawback. Um, <laughs> another thing about the carriage house, I mean, the, uh, the attic apartment, um, there was Red Man Chewing Tobacco featured prominently. Um, I don't know if that was a product placement or what, but not only is that a bad name for a tobacco company, but tobacco is awful. Um, so that had to be like a hundred thousand dollars for the for the production, I think, uh, in order to get that product placement in there. Um, and here are my last two: buying a fixer-upper house. Now, like you said, the outside of that house is fantastic, but that inside is a piece of shit. And so many of the problems in this movie stem, A, from Doug being just kind of a lazy bitch. Uh, but a lot of it comes from having a house that is constantly in a state of you know, repair. And uh, you would think that maybe he should have saved some of that money on, clo- on uh, clones and invest in either a move-in ready home or a, a contractor to finish those renovations. It seems like there's some really poor money management there and some really poor time management. Uh, that I found to be really distracting. See, that's my thing. This dude had to have had just like bankroll money, but he's like a tight ass. So now we're getting into, you're feeding right into my next one. Yeah, because here's my thing. We're talking about just two things on the house real quick. I can can delete them off my list, okay? I don't think we're on the same page on this house. 
Inside of the house, gorgeous. Loved it. Except for the moldy ass window. I didn't know that they tried to make it look like bad. Like, oh man, we I've been trying to do this repair for there was a while, missing drywall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah, badass house. Okay. And I wrote down super nice house in LA for a struggling project manager and stay at home mom. There's no way. No. I just thought about that. There's no, no. way this dude's did they give him the coins for free? Right. Where is he getting this money? The crazy ass scientist dude. This is like, I'll just quote just... free. I don't give a shit. And that's and if it's the case, that's the movie. Who is this guy finding random guys to free clone? That's Who is this man. guy? Is give me that movie. What else is he doing to him? What's he doing to the clones? Mm, harvesting the clone. them for organs. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. the other thing is, and we it's kind of touched on this for a second. The house here. <laughs> <laughs> the house isn't necessarily in better shape before he goes through and god the the reno the amount of time that renovation would have taken compared to the time in the movie which was like 30 seconds unbelievable um dickheads and vic yeah the house was in better shape before they read it not better shape it it looked better before they did the reno which we already talked about yeah they destroyed the character yeah oh you go you can do your last uh lvp okay so here here's where i'm gonna get a little controversial um so white people problems, uh, and specifically white male problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? I said preach. Yeah, tell me about it. So Doug is basically a little whiny bitch complaining about the problems he created and refuses to address. He's basically a selfish prick. And like I said, he apparently doesn't know how to spend money appropriately, unless he's getting these free clones again, which is a different podcast on the QAnon network, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I'm not sure how this works where he has enough money to pay for these clones, but not enough money or time to arrange contractors to take care of this house, which is creating these problems. And again, he is the one creating the problems. These aren't problems forced upon him by, oh boy, here we go, societal injustices. Uh, He's not, you know, in any kind of disadvantaged race or class or gender he is a white ass male from southern california and this leads me to my question michael doug kinney is he maga oh shit my name is not michael my name is mitchell (laughs) uh i live in no judgment no judgment just Uh, asking with this guy i know he's southern california which is traditionally a very very blue part of the state within a very blue state in general but again, he's in kind of the upper class, suburban, maybe Orange County. We don't know, which tends to be a lot more Republican. Mm-hmm. Is, is Doug Kinney a Donald Trump 2020 voter? No, no. He's too okay. to vote. He doesn't have enough. <laughs> That's so the no. best answer you could give. Yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and declare my winner since you only had one. I assume you're going to be sticking with it. I am declaring my winner as Fixer Up Homes. Uh, as you know, Bragg, I am not a handy person. So this is my nightmare. Um, thankfully, I have a wife who's uh, who has a toolbox. <laughs> <In China. laughs> All right, let's get into the next segment now. Uh, we are going to get into moonlighting. So this is when we take a look at 
potential Oscar nominees who may have come from this movie. Um, I am going to go ahead and let you know that this was a very disappointing year for the Oscar movies for me. It was Jerry, uh, Jerry Maguire and Fargo and a bunch of movies that I can't, I hardly have any member, uh, memory for. Um, but when I look at best movie, best director, best actor, best actress, best supportings, um, there's nothing on here that I am willing to nominate uh, for an Oscar, even even for honorable mention, really. So, Michael, unless you have anything. Was, was uh, nothing in this movie or nothing? Did we forget Twister? Was Twister... Twister would have been this year, but I don't think it was nominated for anything except for what special effects, maybe. It needs maybe to be sound. Nominated for like best or second best movie of all time. Oh, we will have an entire podcast dedicated to that. You're maybe absolutely two, right. I'll make two-parter. Um, <laughs> no, I mean Michael Keaton. I and so we we talked about the, this the a little bit roles, in the prep. I assume right. That's it. Yeah, just because dude's playing literally is playing four roles in one movie. But that right. I don't know, man. Like more of a sympathy. Like, can you give him a supporting actor for like <laughs> for Doug number four, four? <laughs> supporting as Doug number four, but ignore right. one, two, and three? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I think I would go for that. I, I like creativity when it comes to go. that. There you go. All right, let's let's go ahead and skip over that then. Let's close that out. Um, was there anything that we've missed so far? I want to let you have a chance to. Uh, I think I've hit all my high points so far. Let me know what I've missed that you need to get into here. So the the big Michael Keaton movie that I'm massive fan of, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier, is Beetlejuice. The Don't whole time I'm times. watching him talk. Don't say it. I'm not going to. I'll say it one more time. That's it. whole time I'm watching him, only thing I can think of, and I should be thinking of uh, like OG Batman with Nicole Kidman, right? Isn't that right? She's No, uh... OG Batman would have been Kim Basinger. Mm. Whoa. Again, <laughs> we will do eight mile. We are white people. We will do eight mile. She's not great in that movie. And she's great in that movie, but she's, you know what I mean? Um, she's in like a vampire movie or something too, right? I think, I don't know. But um, so it's really hard for me not to just see, damn it, I'm going to say it three times. Hard for me not to just see Beetlejuice the entire time. Uh, like, when number two was talking it was more like more beetle juicy attitude kind of um and funny little tie-in wonder if you noticed it or not the inspector the number three is talking to when number two's sick he can't go out to the job site the inspector is otho from beetlejuice oh from, right yes yes, yes beetlejuice which is seven years younger than it looks movie, completely right? different too he's still fat yeah i did okay. have to google it i did have to look it up i did have to look at the the cast sheet to see if that was for sure him but every time he kind of like full frame his fat face I'm like, yeah that's him yeah that's i it. did a that's check. all i got i did a check to see if there were anybody who was in tommy boy who was also in this to start seeing if we could keep a, a running tab of who's appeared most in our in our episodes um but I, I could confirm that there was no crossover between those two. So, um, all right. I like that. All right. Let's get into the one hitters. Um, so now we're going to get into my mom's questions now. Um, so talk about our feelings a little bit here. Did this movie make you laugh? I think we've both mentioned several times when it did. Um, certainly mentioned Eugene Levy. Uh, 
I did mention, I did give a shout out to the operating room scene uh, prior to the first cloning as somebody who has anxiety, uh, definitely can relate to that. And then Doug number four. So those were, those are the things that I definitely said made me uh, either laugh out loud or were, were certain things I wanted to make sure I mentioned and, and things that brought me some laughter. Yep. What about, uh, what about cry? No, no. Right? no. All right. I got some thinkers though. Oh, goodness. Me too. So we don't need to answer these. A couple of these are just hypotheticals. We don't need to get into them. But the first one is, what would I do if I had a clone? I think we all need to think about that at some point. Um, again, I'm not going to get into it because, again, it might reveal too much about me. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. My wife asked, what are you going to do, play more video games? And That's, that's what I was going to say. You have two of you guys sitting down in the basement. <laughs> the I have an opponent at all times. It'd be wonderful. I could do IU versus Purdue on NCAA 2014 whenever yeah, I It would be to. yourself, so then IU would get their ass kicked every single I would know day. all my own tricks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't hold anything back now. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, so another one. Uh, again, we talked about this. So it really made me think about Doug not being a great guy. <laughs> there were several times where like, Doug's, Doug's not a good person. Doug number one. Well, all of them actually at different points are probably not that great of people. Um and then this was more of a caveat of me personally, is I have some tattoos. Um, so if I'm getting cloned, do my tattoos then go on to that clone automatically? Because are, they're not part of my DNA. Or would then somebody have to draw those tattoos onto my clones? And if so, am I being charged additionally for that? Because tattoos aren't exactly cheap. So I just want to know how that adds up over the course of time. Because uh, that may make a difference on whether or not I buy one or two or, you know, what kind of upgrades I get. Because I assume at some point there'll be like clone upgrades where you can get like, you know, better muscles and bigger dicks. And, you know, I don't know. That's that's how I plan on living my life, at least. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Um, and I think we can safely say that this movie did not educate us in any way. I, no. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the greener grass section. Uh, this hold is on, where we hold on to... real quick. I have an update on the tattoo thing. Oh boy. So according to the hedge fund guys at Reddit, um, <laughs> the question so this, this, is this is the second thing they're working on this week. Okay. Yes. If you have a tattoo and you use the clone spell, I don't know if this what this has to do with anything. Maybe something like this sounds like Dungeons and Dragons now. Something, yeah. Will your clone have the tattoo? But it, it, that's where it ties into real life first guy hydrophobic fish uh responds sounds trustworthy the clone is physically identical with the original from the spell i would say the tattoos transfer assuming the tattoo existed before the flesh was taken okay so i want a spell not a clone factory okay so i need to find somebody who can cast a spell not a medical professional okay then, i got it the next person said, I think it would be left open for discussion. It's not a scar, it's ink. So probably it not. is. It is technically. A, OK, we're not going to get into it. Okay. I believe it technically is a scar, but whatever. Tell us in your All comments. Right. Tell us in the comments what you guys think. <laughs> Rate, review. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what you think. All right, let's get into the greener grass then. So this is where we talk about if there's a better version of this movie that's out there. Um, this one was hard for me, Michael. I'm not sure what you came up with, if anything, but I'll just bounce a couple off you. Um, so there's a lot of there's not a lot of cloning movies. Um, I thought of The Matrix. I thought of The Sixth Day, but none of those really address the same 
theme. Um, I could also talk about some bad marriage movies. We, we could talk about uh, Kramer versus Kramer, a marriage story, which I think, you know, the drama portion of this movie <laughs> was probably closer to those movies. Um, but a couple of the ones I thought of um, were Limitless. So again, where he takes a pill to become smarter and activate the other 90% of his brain, um, where it's kind of an, a magic pill cliche. Um, Aladdin, where the genie provides three, three wishes but there's also kind of a monkey paw that that uh, the, the negative sides of those wishes, and then, but the one I came up with that I think is the best is another Harold Ramis movie, a movie we've also mentioned today, and a movie I think we're going to be doing uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing an episode on, uh, and I, I may have to force you to do it, and that is Bedazzled, uh, where Brendan Fraser, Fraser. Uh, <laughs> when the English chicks the devil, Elizabeth Hurley, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. uh, grants him what a bunch of wishes and manages to ruin every single one of them. Uh, I think that you know, kind of that idea plays out a lot here. I think it, uh, the motivation is a little bit different, or that's kind of find love and happiness, where this is to find time. Um, I just think there's a lot of parallels there. Um, and I'm not sure any of those are better, um, but but those are at least what I thought of. What about you? Here are my two and my two, the one, the last one I just wrote in yesterday or this morning, and it is, it's, it's pretty damn close. Uh, again, I wrote this in the very beginning. I put, I don't think that there's going to be a better version of this movie. Maybe. And just let me explain afterwards. Liar, liar. Ooh. Reason big kind of a piece of shit dad can't ever be around for his kids right. can never yep. be around for his wife obviously because they're divorced Bad because marriage, of that yeah. uh-huh. and so you know he why do i not remember how that happened oh yeah so he makes the wish the kid makes the wish on the on the birthday candle for his dad not to be able to lie and then all that stuff comes back around and then he can start showing up the things and you know like somehow getting through here's another tsa problem tsa and getting on the runway of an airport and stopping a plane and all that stuff so there's that and then here is the one that i think your mind is going to explode i'm going to read the plot from imdb real quick oh god a workaholic architect finds a universal remote that allows him to no. fast forward and rewind to different no. places of his life complications arise when the remote starts to overrule his choices click click oh it's the 2004 why can i not see 2006 version of this movie minus the clones they just figured it out like in 1996 they wanted to clone everybody they they didn't figure it out brag (sighs) click is hot shit yeah but my homegirls in that movie though Who? Beckinsale uh, eh, whatever <laughs> but dude how <laughs> perfect is that they just took multiplicity and gave it a remote <laughs> is she okay. in serendipity is that is that the other movie with her uh, John Cusack I think oh never mind with serendipity her? multiplicity they should be like a franchise Van Helsing was the one I was thinking Felicity. of by the way the oh. vampire movie that she's in Ooh, yeah okay all right i I mean that's a terrible movie but it's there's a lot to look at yeah all right so let's get into the next category say again so this is my favorite part 
All right. So let's get into the modern movies. So in this section, we'd like to take a look at a couple of different things. First of all, uh, let's ask the question. Uh, in the 2021 world, can this movie be made today? I'll let you take the first step. Maybe. And I'll tell you why. Here's why. I That's put, the right answer. I put maybe and then I put yeah. Maybe yeah. <laughs> but number four would have to be toned down quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it would just be like a regular comedy in theaters whenever those happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this, this, I guess it'd be a big one, I guess, just based off of these actors. And I, the, the only reason I picked the main actor is this, and I'll do it in just a second. Yeah. Uh, to replace uh, Lisa Laura, it would be Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Okay. Are you, you're just going to put her in everything, right? I, I mean, this is so. going to be, Okay. I'm fine so. with it. This is not. I'm not going to boycott. I'm not going to. She's good for '96. Stop picking. Stop picking movies from like the early mid '90s. <laughs> it's so, my childhood, bro. <laughs> let me let me have my memories. So Jennifer Aniston, okay, and then uh, could she play mid '30s mom in that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays. I thought that's she, how she old she mid, was in she Friends. Could, yeah, she could play mid '40s mom now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She could play mid '30s now too. Probably that, <laughs> dentist, that dentist and horrible bosses. <laughs> Uh, and then so for instead of Michael Keaton, I'd go, I'm Batman. What about Christian Bale? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. <laughs> All right. I can see that. Um, I went with a um, so, yeah, I said it could be made. I, I think it would be kind of a, a tentpole um, summer comedy again and kind of a theatrical debut. Um Again, last week I said they they would need to have um, some kind of diversity in their casting, and in this one I think it would make sense to put the woman in the lead role. Um, and again, I think a lot of this plays into my issues with the uh, the Doug character as being kind of a soft ass white dad. Um, I think <laughs> I think that women often have. Okay, yeah, I take back any bad things I've said about Kate Beckinsale. Whew. Anyways, back to programming. Um, <laughs> so I think it makes sense to perhaps uh, perhaps feature a, a female lead in this and uh, show how hard it is, you know, all the things that a woman has to do in order to have a job, a family, and all that stuff, and have a kind of a hot stay-at-home guy who uh, maybe is like a podcaster or something trying to make it big. And that's kind of how the plot would evolve in modern times. And instead of uh, instead of Laura Kinney going back to work, uh, maybe the husband, his podcast is about to go big time or something. Um, and so I picked a husband and wife duo who I think are just amazing. And I'm I'm obsessed with both of them. And I would have in the Doug Kinney role, I would cast Kristen Bell. And as Laura Kinney, Dax Shepard. Yep. And what would they know? They would have a diaper franchise. Okay. That would work too. Sure. A diaper, like what they've got. Honest Company. Is that what it is? Diaper franchise. Wait, is Shout them? out for the sponsors. Not Honest Company. It's uh, Be Hello Bello. It's Hello yeah, I was going to say that's a different celebrity company, I thought. Yeah. Shout out Hello Bello. Shout out uh, whatever hemp. Um, Shout out Frozen. Lotion. Shout out Armchair Quarterback or Armchair Earth. She's got a hemp lotion too, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's good shout stuff. out hemp products for women, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I would get it. I thought we love you were everything. gonna go. I thought you were gonna go just a. I would say a step down, but I love this dude. 
Um, and maybe he wouldn't fit. He would fit the role that you want him to play, and that's Offerman. Okay, yeah. And then Megan, uh, whatever. Megan name, Mullally. Mullally. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, another guy I tried to think of was Will Arnett. I think he's really mm-hmm. funny, and oh, uh, but he could definitely play four different characters, but I'm, I'm not sure he could do Batman. it for two hours. I'm terrible Batman. <laughs> Oh yeah, staying on the Batman theme. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're Batman, Lego Batman. All right, let's swap. Let's do the over under. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I have a great one for. Again, we talked about this a little bit. There are so few actors in this movie. There's really hard hard to choose. Uh, you know, sorry. There's there's few to choose from. Uh, and so I thought the one that would make the most sense to improve this the most would be switch out Andy McDowell, and put in somebody who would have been 35 in 1996 who I find both beautiful and funny. And that is Julie Louis Dreyfus. Is that, is that the Seinfeld girl? Is that the Seinfeld? I don't, I don't you, watch Seinfeld. I didn't, I'm not a Seinfeld. I'm not a Seinfeld guy. Oh, you that would be on after friends. I think, I think friends would end and Seinfeld would come on and then we'd turn the TV off or we'd go to a different, oh. different channel. Not oh. a Seinfeld guy. We grew up two and a half hours apart, but it may have been in a year. It was different times. Yeah, you're old, old as fuck. But uh, so <laughs> I do like his uh, his coffee and cars show though. That's pretty tight. But it, yeah, I never really got into the show. I don't think I can deal with the uh, the tall racist or the short racist. I couldn't deal with e- either one of them. The short guy or the tall guy. I didn't like either one of them. All right, we're moving on. So Julie Louis <laughs> Dreyfus, who is <laughs> who you got? All right, so who I can now, I who I can now game, say is awful. I play no this reason. game uh, a little different than you do. I think not with, not with the first one, the second one. To make okay. the movie worse, I played a lot different. We'll get there next. But to swap an actor, do we say actress? Act, act. I'll just say actor. Swap an, swap an actor out to make the movie better. I picked both of the main roles. Uh, as I said, I'm not a big fan of uh, whoever. I don't even remember her name anymore. Lisa Laura, whatever her name was originally, like as a person. Um, I said Helen Hunt. Ooh. She's okay. too busy doing Twister, but <laughs> Helen Hunt. As long as she can wear a wife beater in this, I'd be fine. That's right. That's right. 96 Helen Hunt. Um, and 98 then, Helen Hunt. Yeah. As good as it gets, baby. Literally. Yeah. So here's uh here's another callback to last pod. Um, I had, do have two to replace Keaton. One of them, I, I don't think you're a big fan of him, and it makes me really sad. So first one, Jim Carrey. Again, that's my yeah. callback to the last pod. I think Jim Carrey would be great. Uh, the other one is Bill Murray. Okay. Okay. I don't think you're a Bill Murray fan. I am. Okay. Maybe fan. it's Robin, Robin Williams. Robin Williams fan. You're not Robin Williams. Fan. I'm hit or miss. The stuff I love, I love, and the bad stuff is so unwatchable. I didn't, I didn't like Patch Adams. I hope we. Oh no, I hated Adams. it. How... Okay, good. <laughs> no, but then like you have, you know, uh, God, Goodwill Hunting and Birdcage and Miss Doubt. Like, there's so many that are home runs, but he has some that you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. I want to hear mind. this one from you because I think you're going to take this one seriously again. So swap okay. out an actor to make it worse. Yeah. So Michael Keaton out. So I picked this based off of who Harold Ramis and Babalu Mandel have worked with. They're going to want a familiar face. And I could not imagine this. Damn it. You set me up for this. 
I have Robin Williams <laughs> or Billy Crystal would be oh. awful in this movie. I tried to hold it bad. together. I tried yeah. to hold it together. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, two hours of Robin Williams doing essentially his stand-up routine where he's, you know, eight different characters in a 30-second bit and somehow his cocaine high is still hanging on two hours into his set. Um, yeah, so, or Billy Crystal doing like four versions of New York Nerd. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that could be just absolutely awful. Yeah. So that's where I went with it. Yes, I, of course, took it way too literally. And of course... I set myself up and uh, picked <laughs> the person you think would make the movie better. Yeah. So for me, I play the game the right way, I think. So I'm swapping out Michael Keaton. Again, this is to make now, this is nothing against this actor that I just picked. Okay. So this is to make it worse, though. So we're taking out Keaton and we're putting in, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> So wait, 1996 Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. or like, yeah, no. no <laughs> so is he yeah, wearing his Kangol hat like during the movie? Like he yeah. refuses to take it off. It's not yeah. part of the Well, one of them, one of them. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> just imagine him doing any of those four roles. Really, just three and four. Do one of his guy from what is it, Django? Do one of the guys from like Black Snake Moan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, number two, is, number two is definitely the dude from Snakes on a Plane, right? <laughs> Black Snake Moan is four, then maybe yeah, with, yeah. If, if, if four instead of going, you or know, Pulp Fiction, Samuel, <laughs> somewhere in there. And then I guess, I guess the new Capital One commercials is going to be oh. number three, Samuel. The I need to get some money and sound like a normal guy. I'm <laughs> oh, relatable. Don't do the money thing. <laughs> oh. There's like a thing that Samuel L. Jackson has his movies had made more money than like anybody else, and it's because he's it's more because of the, the the quantity of movies. I don't I don't even want to get into it. Right. It's probably wrong. Nicholas, all Hodge right, is probably who you're thinking of. Let's get into this. Uh, the last couple categories here. Uh, so again, both of us as fathers, uh, would you show this movie to your kids? If I if he specifically asked me to watch this movie or if there's literally nothing else on TV. Nothing again. Nothing against this movie necessarily, but it's not anything I'm ever going to go out of my way to show him. Your answer is almost exactly as mine. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'd ask him is why and how he had heard of this. Like, did, is this the movie in my collection that you just had never seen was the last one you needed to see something? Um, but yeah, there's no reason not to show it to him. There's no issues that I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to address. It's just a matter of why. Um, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so let's go back to memory lane now. Let's let's revisit it. Uh, did the movie, okay, so this is kind of bullshit for you. Um, so I'm going to take the lead on this. So uh, I'm, oh God, I set myself up again. Uh, did this movie hold up to your memories prior to watching? Um so pretty much everything I mentioned up front that I remembered from this movie uh, was a goddamn lie. Um, and, and I'll, uh, you know, it's a little embarrassing to think that uh, my 10, 11 year old self was so wrong. Um, but I think the couple of things that I took away most were, um, you know, it was kind of funny. There, there were some parts that were really enjoyable. Um, but I finally saw the movie from Laura's perspective and now as a dad and a husband, I just feel bad for her that she has pretty much a shitty partner. And uh, it just seems like she kind of got a really 
raw deal. And uh, yeah, the, the 11, 10, 11 year old version of me didn't see the point she was making. And now the 35 year old me is like, I think she's on to something. I think this guy's got some priority issues. Um, and so that's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, so it, it, it does hold up uh, in, in that it's, you know, kind of a B, B minus movie, but the whole lots of laughs throughout. Um, yeah, I, I failed, buddy. I, I was not close. Yeah. There's a few laughs, but they're not throughout. Yeah, I've got. I'm. I'll. I'll be transparent. Movie hold up prior watching. No, I didn't. Didn't watch it prior than this. Prior to this, but um. Did the jerk off scene? Did that hold up? I mean, can we at least yes. talk about that perspective? That was, you know, the best <laughs> part about the that was I was like, that's when I was like, here it comes. This is it. This is the scene. <laughs> I think I was he's laying in the bed. He's laying in the bed. Yep, he's got the wife beater on. He's laying in the bed. <laughs> ah, there it is. So the final grade, I I think I did this. Well, I clearly did it before we started talking about it on the pod. I now you've talked yourself into liking it a little bit, haven't you? Just a little bit. I've got it as a C. Okay. I'm gonna put it as a C plus. Okay. So we allow that. We we allow things to grow on us, like mold on a window so like michael keaton three doug three i'm gonna say doug three he's kind of a, a dweeb i'll give it three dogs yeah wait what'd two, you give it two and a half dogs god damn it you stole my rating methodology too i gave it two and a half dogs <laughs> i said dogs. i i like doug one, i like half a doug one i like all of doug three and i like all of doug four i give it oh. two and a half dogs God damn it. Any love the same to Doug people. Two. Zero love to Doug too. I don't get it. <laughs> He's the whipping boy. He's the yeah. guy I relate to the most. So I don't, of course I don't like that. Doug too is a boss. Dog. Yeah. And a nobody boss. likes to be the boss. Everybody likes to be the guy on the sailboat. I like to be the boss. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap it up today. Uh, please rate and review uh, on iTunes. That really helps uh, our social media. I uh, we are at at terrible reviews on Twitter. Uh, I am at Seta five S E T A H five brag. Where can I find you? Well, depends on who's looking for me. I guess <laughs> earlier, but uh, at MitchellBragley.com. <laughs> it's at Bragley B R A G G L E Y. You can also find my podcast, our other podcast, my pod. I don't know. I didn't don't... really want to stick this in here, but it's at podcast that's what she said at at (laughs) podcast the letters l-e-o check it out awesome thank you everybody for listening we'll figure out what movie we're going to do next uh we're, we're going to be excited to do that uh goodbye everybody listen again we'll see you soon uh at terrible terrible reviews is a member of the shady lawn network all rights reserved it's shady